if you haven't heard of Racetech, uh, you've been living under a rock the last little while. Racetech.com. Get your motor work done. Get suspension work done. Dial in your vintage bike. Dial in your modern motocross bike, your UTV, whatever it is, uh, flat track stuff. Racetech.com can help you out. they got one piece of house for YZ and KX250Fs as well. They can help you out if you are a local tuner and you need consistent machine. They can also uh, give you a discount for Pulp 21. Just call there, mention Pulp MX, put in the email, and get your spring rates done uh, right for your bike, for your weight and or speed. And they do motor work, of course, Zombie Blows, Jerry Robin, just a few of the guys using Racetech for their motor or suspension work and or suspension work. So they do great things. They've been working a long time now, and uh, you can save money by using the code PULP21 at Racetech. So thanks to uh, those guys for coming on board. Thank you, people, for listening to all the podcasts, the Pulp Show and the Re-Raceables and everything, man. It's going great. Really appreciate it. You can also join up on Patreon if you want early access to some podcasts. As well. So thanks for listening. Um, I'm Mathis. Here's the podcast. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,700 podcasts delivered with over 17 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast 2021 Loretta's recap with the Weege. And JT, of course, Weege is there all week long. Uh, Fly Racing, the 2022 line is out, and it is, uh, it's testing and pushing the boundaries of innovation and style. The all-new Formula CP helmet offers Rion technology, but you still get it at a great price. Improvements extend to the Evo and Kinetic lines as well. With the market-leading Formula helmet changing everything, uh, Zone Pro Goggle making the podium debut this year. Things have never looked brighter for the folks at Fly Racing, flyracing.com, at USA. On social media, go to Motorsport. Check out the latest and greatest from Fly Racing. Go through the banner on PulpMX.com or PulpMXShow.com as well to help us out. Thank you to Fly Racing for all they do to make this show a possibility. Uh, Maxxis Tires as well. Rod Bell, A-Ray, Smith, Jordan Jarvis using the uh, Maxxis Tires on the SGB Maxxis team. Uh, light truck tires, trailer tires, mountain bike tires, and, of course, MXSTs developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. Um, if you haven't thought about Maxxis for a while and you need a tire, Please check out Maxis.com and learn some more uh, information about that. Thank you to Renthal as well, whether it's a 7 8 bar, the Fat Bar, the Fat Bar 36, the Twin Wall Bar, Sprockets, Chains. Uh, Renthal.com for more information on that. Red Bull KTM, Monster Cowie, Factory Honda. I mean, dude, everybody, that's anybody at the top level of motocross racing uses Renthal or has used Renthal. And I'm guessing a lot of you people have used Renthal also. More titles than all the other competing brands combined. Sweet Jesus. That's awesome. Renthal.com. 
For more information, thank you to motorsport.com and Cobalinks, Links, of course, and Arma and Onyx Maps on, on board as well with this Loretta's Review Pod. All right, let's dive into it with the JT and the Weege. And now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by the folks at Renthal, Max's, Cobalinks, and Motorsport.com, to talk about Loretta's and all that went down, the highs, the lows, and what it was like to talk uh, for uh, nine days in a row. It's Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah, still pumped. You do it again. You love Loretta's. You love Loretta's. Dude, I don't get it. Like, the amount of people that, like, compare what I'm doing to, like, being a darn war correspondent in Afghanistan. Like, it ain't nothing, dude. I'm just talking to riders on the podium about their motos. It's not that hard. Uh, also on the line, the uh, 2022 fly stuff is flying off the shelves, from what I hear. It's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? Well, it's not flying off the shelves yet because we haven't actually uh, oh, sold boy. anything yet. Oh, boy. But we're working on it i thought it was last week that's literally why i said that i thought you were saying well, the motorsport guys and guys like that were getting it in last week uh, we are we are shipping some things yes to them um but it's i mean it's the same for everybody no one no brand has stuff out there right now so it's i actually think we'll be first to get stuff to dealers but it's tough man it's no different than any other industry right now the weege the uh the numerous group texts that we were in all from loretta's and by the way the wi-fi there's wi-fi at loretta's now everybody so there was communication with yourself and parabinos and and myrtle and beaker and timmy like all the people nick daniel people, blair the, the people were at the ranch were able to communicate it was amazing uh uh, not so happy about the Wi-Fi prices. However, um, they were communicating. Uh, the funniest group, or the funniest text we got all week, was someone who attached us on me and you and someone else and said, "Weege, what do you get paid for all week, Loretta's?" <laughs> and I just laughed and laughed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there is no additional pay. It's just part of my massive work salary. And then uh, this guy's an agent. I'm just going to say, and he named what his price would be <laughs> to do all the podiums. Right. Which is very high. Right. And then you said there is no price for you. No, I don't think there is. I don't think there is. But <laughs> but I, I mean, okay, so do you you don't announce every single day from eight AM to five, right? You you do get breaks. Yeah, we were we used to be that dumb. I'd say for like the first ten years we were stupid enough where it was me, Kevin Kelly, and West Ke- West Kane and Rodney, and we just all stayed in the tower the whole time. And I'd say like six or seven years ago we got smart enough to be like, Hey, you guys do the first two hours. And then we'll do the next two hours. But I do feel that, you know, I just want those podiums to go well. So I still do the majority of them because it is a little bit complicated. It's not gnarly, but I just want it to be right. Not war correspondent gnarly, but yeah, you just want it to be right. Um. And and the reason why is if you mess something up during a moto when you're announcing, it's whatever. But at Loretta's, for some of these people, this is the only moment they're ever going to get like that on the podium. Make it good. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. Um, yep. Plus, I think there's a little bit of JT, there's a little bit of cachet for these kids and parents to have the voice of motocross, even though he's a goofball to me and you, JT. We just know him as, you know, Weege the goofball. There's a certain set of, you know, cash, cachet for these people to get interviewed by Weege. Well, this is a huge moment, no matter what. I, I agree with you. Having Weege do it is, is certainly uh, icing on the cake. But for a lot of these guys, I mean – this is a big deal. You know, they spend a ton of money. They train and ride and practice and forget about the travel, all that stuff. And this is the payoff. You know, even if it's just one moto throughout the whole week, some of these guys have never been on the podium at a, at a Loretta Lens level race before. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, yeah, I, I can understand the exuberance at times for some of these guys. Right, right. Uh, we, I, I, oh. I was raised Catholic. I was raised Catholic. Here's where I'm going with this. Okay. When that you're Catholic. A beautiful shirt, by the way, Weech. I can see you on our, uh, our FaceTime oh, yeah. call. It is beautiful, a fly racing shirt. It is a fly shirt. racing shirt. Yeah. Uh, I was raised Catholic, and when you're in third grade, like eight years old, you make communion. It's a big, big deal. So you go to church your entire life, and you're waiting till you're old enough to do the communion with the adults. So I go through the whole thing, and then uh, the first time that I'm finally going to be able to do it, they're supposed to like mention, hey, we have someone new who has come of age, and they didn't do it. And then at the end, I looked at the priest guy, the priest, and he looks at me, and he's like, sorry, I forgot. And I'm like, what? Like, I was waiting my whole life for this, like, this is the day that I finally get to make communion. You forgot? So... And then the next week, it's not the first time anymore, so it doesn't matter. So I, that's in my mind. Like, you can't mess up the one. It's probably been kids waiting 12 years to finally get on that podium one time. Don't screw it up. Uh, very, very noble of you. Uh, yes. Didn't look like there was any rain this week, or was there? The weather was unbelievable. It was and so that's, pretty that, much perfect. Is that two years in a row, then? Because you, I believe you said last year. Dude, way. almost three. Uh, yep. It's been not hot uh, quite a bit recently. I don't know what's up. The, apparently, the week before... Like, literally up until Friday, the week before, it was like 100 degrees. So mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, now, uh, the, any in the past, you have gotten reprimanded a time or two for your live announcing. Um, any of that this year going on? No, man. I think we got reprimanded one time in, in, in 17 years. Like, that's .0001%. We pretty much get as goofy as we want, and okay. people seem to love it. So right. we're good. Yep. Uh, JT, any comments on the announcing? Any at all? No, no, I thought it was good. Okay. Oh, all right. JT's floor. got nothing. Oh. Okay, the floor was open. He had him. The floor is open. JT. No, in all fairness, uh, I have been called a perfectionist before. Not that I am perfect in any way. I do everything wrong most of the time. Um, but when I notice errors, it really bugs me. So, yeah, I pick these things apart. I don't mean anything by it. It's not like I would ever say anything mean to the person that's doing it it just drives me up a wall as i'm listening to a broadcast so kevin kelly on his 100th hour of doing you know talking was saying we buy kitchens with an s on the end uh which i had to bring up to weege uh but just yeah little stuff i don't mean anything by it i think it's more for the entertainment value for me is to try to dissect these broadcasts because I, i get to do a little bit of this myself and i know how hard it is um so yeah it's not like i i think i could do a better job or anything um but that's sometimes sometimes i think there are some some pretty brutal things that go on but given the workload day after day it's probably to be expected okay all right fair enough now i have to i have to be uh totally transparent here in the past uh i've watched loretta's uh here and there uh our buddy Kiefer's motos and uh uh, Vincent Way's motos, Evan Ferry's motos. I've kind of watched. I did not watch ten seconds of of of, of the Racer TV coverage this week of Loretta's. I, not for any nothing. reasons. Nothing. 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 You, you didn't watch Evan? Nope. Wow. Nope. I saw a, I saw a crash on Instagram where he got trapped under his bike, and you know I saw Instagram highlights, and I don't know, man. I, it wasn't any particular reason. There was no. There wasn't any sort of anger or resentment on my end. I just. Never found time. You know, we moved and I, I, we worked in the house this week or last week. You know, I don't know. I, yeah. So I have questions and I didn't watch a damn thing. So that's wow. all. I watched it's almost very all opinionated of it, so fire for away. not watching anything. 
<laughs> I still have opinions. Absolutely. I have a lot of opinions. Yeah. That, I know we were arguing about your opinions on something you watch nothing about. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe that's a good, a good spot to start. Um, the Loretta's recap here, uh, fly racing racer X, uh, podcast Levi kitchen, not kitchens. Levi kitchen won the horizon award winner, uh, for the week. And, um, obviously we saw him at, uh, uh, red bud, red bud. Yeah. Red bud. Um, yep. He looked great we, all week long. Evan Ferry, though, I got to think, got robbed out of this Horizon Award winner. This is just a <laughs> atrocious take, as I think you said, JT. This is a horrible take. It's a horrible take. Uh, the award is not even up for – it is for the rider who is turning pro, which Evan Ferry is not doing. So he is hence not even eligible for the award. Yeah, I didn't know that. And uh, <laughs> Shocker. Do, I mean, do, is, there a, is there a bronze boot he can get? Is there anything? Wait until next year. They now have an award for the B class because honestly, they had to make a new award because so many times now we see guys start racing at Hangtown or whatever the outdoor opener is, and they essentially skip their final Loretta's year. Uh, like they race the B class and then they don't come back. So I think they invented another, they call it, I think, Amateur of the Year. They invented an award for that class because, like, here's who doesn't have a Horizon Award, for example. Uh, Cooper Webb, because Cooper Webb raced B and right. they never came back, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. So they now have a B-class award, but Evan raced 125, which technically is B, but he didn't race all the B-classes. We... So guess what? Yeah. Next year. Can we have a 125 award? I mean, can we have something? Okay, there the you kid, go. All right. The kid went two for two, and, you know, I mean. Why don't you give him an award? Because I think you're the only one that's calling for some sort of award to be given to Evan specifically. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll make something up. I'll make a pulpy. Right, pulpy. Um, pulpy. So, but we, uh, Levi Kitchen seemed awesome all week long. Um, we knew he would be good. Uh, you know, he, he acquitted himself quite well at the one national. He's going pro now. Um, it seemed like, and again, this is my, my questions to you because I don't have a lot of knowledge of the race. It seemed like he was pretty untouchable. No. Okay. Incorrect. Okay. Uh, so, JT, you watched all of it, I believe, I did, right? yeah. I watched, I watched far yeah. too much racing last week. Far too Yeah, much. I can tell. You're, you, were, you were keeping us on our toes. <laughs> so, uh, um, there were three real standouts in the A-class, mm-hmm. uh, which is called Pro Sport, because I don't know if you know this, Steve, there's a rule now where you can race a few pro races. I don't know if you know this. Well, but there was Pro Sport before the rule, so. Yeah, I used to just have. People complain about people hunting for trophies, but here's what they've done. There used to be four. There used to be two A classes and two pro sport classes, and now they just have two pro sport classes. No running and hiding. You all race each other. You cannot escape and race anything else, which is pretty cool. Uh, So the three guys are Kitchen, uh, Preston Kilroy, who's Mm -hmm. on a Suzuki, which we'll talk about in a sec, and Chance Hymas, who is really the youngest guy of the group. I mean, he only turned 16 in May, I believe. It's a little early for him. Like, he would probably most likely even be back at Loretta's next year. And, I mean, yes, Kitchen did win, and he was the best guy. But they sure as hell didn't make it easy on him. Um, they gave him a heck of a run, I thought, JT. And Hymas, considering how young he is, he might end up being even at a higher level by the time he's done. Yeah, I think you just saw the maturity of Kitchen really show up. Um, I think at times you saw it with Kilroy, too. But, you know, on just a flat-out, couple laps of speed uh, i would say kitchen was the best but it wasn't a head and shoulders you know dominating type difference um i think there's a, a really strong chance as you alluded to that when hymas is done and he finishes pro sport most likely next year 
he could be at a higher level than Kitchen is right now as we leave Loretta's this year. So uh, he was clearly the best guy. I, I think he deserved every accolade he got. But it wasn't like he came in and was going to sweep every moto and dominate and no one had a chance. It, it just wasn't that type of week. Uh, there were some really good battles. But having said that, Kitchen was the best guy. And I think that should be that should be notated as well. And uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jaime beat him in one moto, right? Uh, in one of the classes, I kitchen crash. Oh, yeah, kitchen, kitchen crash. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Jaime actually passed him, and then kitchen crashed, trying to get him back. And then yeah, so one class they were tied. Those three guys going into the last moto, Jaime got the start and tipped over, and then kitchen caught Kilroy, and Kilroy stalled the Suzuki, which you do not want to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in the end, they made mistakes under pressure, uh, and he didn't. But I mean, is there any worse ad for Suzuki than he might win this? Oh, he stalls. Oh, he can't get it started. Yeah. And then, like, f- literally 14 guys went by. Is Kilroy a surprise at how he rode? I think we need to stop being surprised uh, okay. with any of the Suzuki guys. And he's done the same team that even Schwartz is on right now. And we keep saying, like, man, imagine if Schwartz is on a real bike and a real team. Uh, I guess we need to just stop saying that. Like, these guys are just good. Full stop. I, I think Kilroy, I mean, he proved he was good last year. So yep. it shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, he's gotten points at several outdoor nationals already in his career. So to see him running around up front should not be a surprise, especially when you factor in him being on a 450 in that open pro sport. And most of those guys were on 250s that he was battling. I, I think that was a little bit of it as well. Hold on. What are, what are you talking about? Open pro sport, Hymas, Kitchen. Uh, Kilroy. I'm trying to think who else were on 250. No, Kilroy oh. was on a 450. The other guys were on 250s. They didn't ride a 450 in open pro sport? They did not. Oh. No. Is this no. is this something that new? No, this is kind of the way it works, right? Because if you're in, say, kitchen situation, Star Racing has no interest in having you do training and testing on a 450. You're, you're a 250 rider. You're going to be a 250 rider for the next five years. So they're just like, no, nah, man, just race a 250 in both classes. You get this weird thing in the open pro sport class where the highest – level guys who have the factory rides are on 250s. Are on 250s. <laughs> That's bizarre. I did not uh, know this. Okay. But what, yeah. like, it, is it really in Star's best interest to make sure that he's spending three months riding a 450? Like, he's a 250 guy for the next five years. So don't even bother. Okay. Uh, so yep. Kilroy couldn't start, start Star's bike. Did anybody watch Chris Wheeler where he was at this moment? I did see Wheeler. I didn't see him during that moment. Okay. But when I did come down to the podium after that race, I just saw poor Larry Brooks, who's the team manager of that team. And we know Larry, one of the all-time most competitive people ever, and he was just shaking his head and laughing. Like, can you believe that? Right. Now, look, Kitchen was probably going to win anyway. He had caught him from way back. He was setting him up for a pass, and there were still 10 minutes to go. But it was everything about Suzuki. I, I can't deny it right there. Right. Hmm. And uh, Kitchen's 19, right? It's actually 20 now. Oh, is he? 20, yeah. yeah. So, and High Miss is 16, 17? So that is a quite a bit of difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's uh, yeah, you know, mentally, uh, physically, everything. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a big mature maturing time. That's sixteen and twenty. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying Kitchen is like legit, isn't legit because he beat up on a sixteen year old. Like he's really good. And by the way, several years ago, Justin Cooper was pretty old for the A class, and people were like, "So does that mean he's not good?" And obviously, Justin Cooper has proven, yeah, he's just fine. So it's not a problem, but it just shows to me how high the ceiling might actually be for Hymas. Uh, down the road. Now, Hymas is going to Honda, right, Weech? Oh, no comment. For some reason, no what? comment. Okay. It's, I, it's, it's JT, Hymas is going to Honda. Secret. Super top secret. 
But uh, that's the rumor. Uh, I don't. Oh, I don't know if, oh the, God. if he signed. I don't know. I honestly do not know if he signed a contract. The fly guy I, doesn't know if the fly racing's chance high has signed a contract. I can honestly say to you and to anyone listening that I do not know if he has signed a okay. contract yet. But everyone is pointing to him going to Hawaii. Right, yes. right. So is that is that a bit of a loss then for? Well, it is a loss for Kawasaki and Mitch, obviously at Weege. But is that like a shocking loss? Is it understandable? I think it's a real problem uh, because the other stuff for Cowie is uh, really not working out. And and one of the biggest stories to me this week was, okay, so Team Green, on balance, has always been the best amateur team. There are other teams who have had great riders through the years. But Team Green, to me, is synonymous with amateur racing yeah. to the point where everyone literally copied the concept of come up with a rhyming word that matches the color <laughs> of your bike. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, literally. So we right. all know the Team Green to Pro Circuit to the factory team model uh, of Carmichael and Villapoto should have been Stu, but he didn't ride for Mitch. We all know that's what everybody is trying to emulate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not working right now because uh, Jet Reynolds was their guy. Jet Reynolds was as dominant on mini cycles as anyone. He won almost five straight years without being beaten, which is right up there with anyone ever, right up there with Stu, Alessi, and, and AC. Uh, and then he started getting hurt and then he started getting hurt more and more and more. And at the exact worst time, which is when he was switching from mini cycles to 250F and he came back last year in the B class and he was still a little beat up and he was trying his ass off to try to win. And then he crashed more and then he got hurt more and more and more. And then this year he was in the A class and look, people probably had a pencil on the calendar five years ago. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, by 2020 or 2021, you just wait. It's going to be the graduation of Jet Reynolds. He's the next Villapoto. Look out. And, uh, dude, it was a disaster. I mean, he was crashing all over the place. And then I literally saw Kitchen digs out this epic moto win in a battle with Hymas. Mm-hmm. And I look to see Kitchen taking the checkered flag. I see that. And then I turn toward the podium, and there's Jet Reynolds riding off with a broken collarbone with his arm in his lap. And I'm just like, this is unbelievable. I mean, Levi Kitchen was nobody three years ago. And Jet Reynolds was the hottest property in a decade and right. he has been for years yeah yeah I, it's just unbelievable how this has flipped so i mean I, I can out. honestly yeah we, sorry yeah. i'm jumping in but i can yeah. honestly remember 2014 2015 yeah. being in like hot and heavy uh negotiations against alpine stars for his apparel services he was he was racing he was wearing fly racing for a long time and then he made the switch but there was a pretty yeah. heated negotiation and, and i wouldn't say it was leaving on the best terms um, in that whole deal. I mean, that's how serious it was for his services. And that was years ago. I mean, that was he was on a kit. He was on a 65. You know, it's un- unreal to watch how this has progressed since then and not in a good way. He uh, So he was supposed to race you and Dilla, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right. Now he's hurt. So and- I guess he'll race Supercross next year. I mean, he still has his Cowie deal, you know, mm-hmm. so he still will turn pro with Mitch. But – it proves a couple things. Um, and again, I don't, I, I hate this conversation really isn't about Jet himself. I, he just unfortunately becomes the poster child, just like say Forkner is in the pro ranks, right? They be, or AC when he was getting hurt all the time in the 250 classes of pro, they become the poster child when the other guy, the kitchen in this case, or Sexton with Forkner or Cooper Webb with AC, they become the poster child or even, uh, Villapoto versus Alessi. I don't think it's necessarily Jet Reynolds' fault. He just got hurt a lot. But, dude, Levi Kitchen, there was no way three years from now anyone's going to well, be like, dude, 
Yeah. Eli well, Kitchen you know, is graduating. Would, what about Jet? I would I would throw Hymas in there. Hymas was always in the shadow of Jet. Oh yeah. Every every yeah. amateur race, you know, all around the country, they raced each other quite a bit being on the West Coast. And Hymas was always second fiddle to Jet. And the tables have turned a little bit there. Well, yeah, I was going to say, so Hymas, I don't know uh, Chance Hymas at all, but we've got a lot of mutual friends and Kiefer's buddies with him, right? And, and uh, Jake Weimer works with him. And, I mean, everybody says, him, himself, his parents, everything else, they, they, they've been overshadowed for a long time. Uh, the kid raced works, a works race earlier this year. Uh, his dad owns a dealership that the kid works at. Like, I've heard nothing but great things about Chance Hymas and the family, and, and it does seem like, yeah, over the years, he, he's Maybe maybe part of the reason why this switch is happening is because they're a little bit bent out of shape at not being recognized for so long, right? Because that's kind of like when I talk to people who we all know that know them, that that's a common theme. Like, yeah, man, like he's just not he's not their guy. He's not Cowie's guy. I don't think I don't think they're bitter though. Okay, I, I don't personally believe that. Yeah, for me, when I if if he does end up at Honda, and I I do think that's what will happen. I think he's just looking at the opportunity to follow in the footsteps of what. Jet Lawrence is doing and to be on a factory team, you also don't forget, get to choose your own sponsors, right? You get to do your own gear deal. There are a lot of upsides to doing the Honda deal versus going with a team deal. And and I just named a few of them. So I don't know what happens with the whole dynamic of teams moving forward, but I can tell you that that Honda program, it, it has to be ruffling some feathers in the industry because look at what's possible going there. Yeah. We, do you hear that? You hear anything about that? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, even from the standpoint of having only two bikes instead of a four or five man team, if you pull the resources, I mean, Steve, you've heard it. Like supposedly their bikes are better than they were last year when they were Geico, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've said this for a while. When it first happened with Geico and them taking the Lawrence brothers, I assumed Honda was like, "Oh man, this is going to be so much work. We got to hire the staff. We got more riders." taken away from Kenny and, and Sexton and blah, blah, blah. And as I, I always assumed as soon as they found somebody or some th- some sponsor to take the program, they were immediately – they would do that. But, oh, no. Like, they're doubling down. They're getting high miss. Like, Jet's not going anywhere. Like, this is a factory Honda program. And they don't even have an outside sponsor. The, but yep. they are more than happy from what I hear and what I gather to keep these 250 programs going. So, But they have to be – you know, think of the money they were dumping into the Geico program. It, it's got to be like a wash, right? I would guess. I don't know the finances at all, but I, I'm I'm assuming they were funding a big part of that Geico program. So it's kind of just money going over there or money going over here, but you're still spending money on a 250 program. So yeah, I would bet if you're if you're Ryan Holiday, you know, if you're uh, Donnie Luce, you're like, yeah, these, you know, like why, like for all the reasons that JT said, the Honda can get in a. Honda can go and pick an elite amateur out and promise them way more money and way more focused support than they would ever yes. get anywhere else. They, so. they can because yep. of the gear deal, yeah. because of the yep. availability of the gear deal. And, yep. well, uh, it's, and it's not just, you know, it's goggles, it's boots, it's helmets. It's, there's a lot. They're well, personal sponsors, you know, uh, Red energy Bull. drink stuff. Think about all the, all the avenues that are open to that. You know, it's pretty crazy. Um, now, obviously, yeah. it doesn't count for Donnie Luce on the Yamaha side because they have the thing that also Kawasaki used to have, which is anyone with half a brain wants to ride a star racing Yamaha, right? So their, yeah. their situation is fine. But I'm going to circle all the way back to where we started here with Kawasaki. The other thing they no longer have is, and I cannot believe we're at this point, but the pro circuit thing doesn't have that anymore. It's a good team. Mm-hmm. They're solid. Yeah. But I don't think if you're one of these parents, you're like, Hey, we'll take a pay cut 
or we'll do anything to get on Mitch Payton's team. I just don't think that's there anymore. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely, right? Uh, so if you're Mitch, you're running your hands through your hair even more than usual. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, uh, so Jets struggling a little bit. But, you know, so does this, again, make my point again about the amateur guys? Is you just don't know. You, there well, is stews, there are stews, and there are Rickies. You know, there are you, those if guys. You've ever, if you've ever wanted one to hang your hat on, Jet Reynolds is is that one for now. We'll see. I, I don't believe the story of Jet Reynolds is anywhere near written. Yeah, of course not. But yeah, yeah. this one is certainly one that if you were going in to make your case, you would make this one Exhibit A so far. So I don't know what you're supposed to do to solve it, though. Like, he won so much. Like, what? Every team was supposed to just not care? No, I I was very – I was in the middle of battling and negotiating for his services. So I I have nothing – I'm just saying if you're Steve and this has been the hill you want to die on for years – that's a pretty good one to go in. Just, just you know what, you, Weed, you do. You want the kids to win. You want the riders to represent your brand and do well. But at some point, you just don't get into some big bidding war. You let them go. And by all accounts, the big amateurs are in bidding wars all the time. I don't want to bring up our buddy Mumphy because, you know, we all know what happened with JT last time we brought Mumphy oh, up. But, 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 you know, he is a solid pro, right? But does he look like he's a title guy anytime soon? He's not. Uh, let's be honest here. Uh, love Mumphy. But there was a lot of money going on with Carson Mumford and a bidding war, literally a bidding war going on for his services. And, and there was j- bidding wars for Jet Reynolds. And so, yes, you want the kids. You want to get the you know the best you can. But let's just hold off on this. Well, what are you going to do? You know, what are I, I go back to we just went, what are you going to do? You're well, just going to let the phenoms go well, and not sure. go after them? Sure. Uh, I, I, th- I think you use the phenom a little, the word phenom a little lightly. But, you know, like Levi Kitchen or Shane McElrath or, or, or RJ Hampshire or these guys that have kind of rose out of nowhere in the amateur ranks. You know? yeah, yeah, All but, those kids yeah. you just named won at Loretta's. Yeah, but later on, later on, they're not, they're not, they're not mini phenoms you know what i mean they all just aged into their bodies and got speed and everything else and but and then you go and you the, pick them up you the, know what about the kids that the cincerillos and the carmichael's and the stewarts and the pastranas yeah but you're those, you're, like, you're you're picking the one percent what about jordan, okay, here's the saying, what about jordan bailey's what about sean Cantrell's? Right. what about was in that one percent I, I totally agree that there are mediocre or maybe like b plus level riders that got all this bidding war support and help right. but jet reynolds was literally as good as anyone has ever been in the mini cycle, yeah, everybody wanted him. So, everybody in that him. case, like you Adam, have to do it. Well, like in that, and Adam, you know, who right. had the background, he was Adam. He was Adam. Yeah. So, what, so yeah. What I'm saying is, this, you know, this Jet Reynolds thing is as probably as disastrous as it looks right now. You know, he's a pedigree of winning, and if you guys say this, then you know, there's no reason that he can't come back and get to that level and start yeah. winning. No, yeah. I, I yeah. don't think this is over yeah. by any means. Yeah. It just hasn't gone very well for a couple of years. Um, so I yeah. can say this, yes. <laughs> to get in a bidding war for Mumf- Mumford, like, I, I can say, yeah, maybe you shouldn't do that. To getting a bidding war for Jet Reynolds, when those guys come along, okay, okay, we all know in the NFL draft, right, the picking a good quarterback is 50-50 at best, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But when Peyton Manning's in the draft or Andrew Luck's in the draft or John Elway's in the draft, you just got to pick them. You just have to because those guys are – the odds are so good. So he – Jet Reynolds was more of that right. than he was these other 15 guys who were decent and then got tons of money anyway. Todd Marinovich? 
<laughs> um, so okay, so those those are the three standout um, uh, uh, pro sport guys. Romano yep. was the, a top B guy. Star Racing's uh, Romano looked like he was uh, one of the best B guys. Yeah, he was the best B guy. He, yep. he he won his first five motos. He blew his last moto, crashed twice, and ended up coughing up the title. But everybody knows he was the best guy. So we now live in a world where Star Racing has the 450 Pro points leader, the 250 Pro points leader, the best A rider, and the best B rider. <laughs> one team. Yeah, Blue Crew, bro. Um, all right. So is we you you've been to this ranch a lot and you've seen a lot of these guys like do you feel like Murano is you know going to be a guy or kitchen like you know did you just say Murano Murano I said Murano 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 sorry I might actually I, I said Romano, but my I, I got my tongue is a little frozen from ice um <laughs> so do you feel like any of these guys are super super elite like they're gonna be good pros. They're all gonna be good pros. I think we, you know, that's the that's the basement of this, of these guys. But are you? I was a little. I'll, you, I'll put it this way. Yep. Uh, last year's uh, Horizon Award winner was uh, Styles Robertson. Mm -hmm. I'm like fifty fifty. Like I don't know if he's gonna be really good or not. I right. do not know. Kind of like Swole. Like I was fifty fifty. I would be more like a seventy thirty on Kitchen. I, okay. I, I'm yep. gonna put his potential where I think he is right now above where the last two guys were. Okay. So, yeah, because, I mean, you know, you're a good judge of this stuff. You watch these dudes, so. Um, and so, Kitchen's going pro. Hymas will be amateur next year. Romano will move up, I assume. Kilroy, pro now? Yeah, I think Kilroy's in for, you know, he'll just be Schwartz's teammate, as yep. they used to be as amateurs. Right. And uh, I think with Hymas, the thing is he's so young, like, there's a chance if he's – you know, riding unbelievably well for the next six months that they might just, I wouldn't put it out of the question that they just have them start outdoors next year. Okay. Yeah. Um, now Evan Ferry, 125 King. Did he, did he, as I got a text from somebody, did he dodge some of the competition? No. Okay. Because I once spoke to a Tim Ferry about a unnamed pro now who was amateur a couple years ago, and the great Tim Ferry told me, this guy's dodging all the competition. They just want to rack up titles. I think some people believe that. I, I think some people believe that he avoided Romano and some of those kids. Because okay. he's, well, he's in that age bracket. Weech, Weech, says no. Weech says I, no. I understand. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a definitive answer. I just well, think there are some people that would say he did. My definitive answer is that's bullshit, but I, I'm trying to be unbiased here. So um, Shocking. Here's why I don't think he dodged. Uh, the unnamed pro, who we know they mean Max Voland. <laughs> he did end up turning pro and never raced beyond the 125 class there, so that does look bad. But uh, nowadays, the B class is really where the action is, because like I said, some of these guys mm -hmm. uh, move up early. Yep. So like 250B is like the last, you're all going to end up racing in this class. So big deal. Evan Ferry didn't race it next year. Or he didn't or, race it this year. Yeah, you know he'll what? Race he'll race it next year. year. Yeah, yeah. And you know who'll be there? He'll have to race like Hayden Deegan. That's not ducking. It's just waiting one year. Um, so I don't really consider it ducking unless you never race those guys. Why would he ride 125s? Would that be a Husqvarna call? Would that be Timmy's call? How would he be like, hey, I'm going to ride 125s? Because he's a big kid. Like, he's tall enough to ride 2 the D. I could see a 125, like a, a shorter dude or somebody who hasn't grown quite yet being like, ah, I'm not quite there. But Evan's not in that, in that case. Uh, 
I'd like to ask your opinion on it, JT. For, uh, but I will say, I think part of the reason I'm looking as to why does the success rate from the super mini cycle guy to not working out as pro now we're at the point where it's like zero percent it like never works out <laughs> well i i think personally when you look at the landscape the goal of each team is to win championships for oem and team right that's the goal so if you're looking at the b class and you have to go up against romano and lenville and some really fast guys and then you're looking at the 125 class, which you sell a bike for. You're trying to sell 125s, and you have an opportunity with a really good rider to go win, just like they did with Max Bowen. Send them out there. Otherwise, you're going to have to go face some guys that should probably be racing the A class. If you tell me that Romano is racing A this weekend, I shrug my shoulders and say, yeah, that makes sense. So to send Ferry out there against what I consider to be an expert-level rider in Romano, probably not going to win. So in that theory, yeah, you're out there to win titles. Why not? Have them go out there and win two titles. It looks great. It's headlines. It's a great marketing play for the 125. Like, There's really no downside to it other than someone saying, well, you didn't face Romano. So what? Who cares? There's going to be plenty of time. You're going to race Romano for the next 15 years. So you're going to get that chance. We'll race him when it's time. Thank you. We'll <laughs> race him when it's time. We'll race him when it's time, everybody. So I'm trying to figure out this equation of why the fastest 80cc rider, 85cc rider, who usually turn out to be awesome, yeah, it doesn't work out anymore. And one of the theories I have is the difference. It used to be you had to advance from that 80, and then you're in the pros. You're on a 125 two-stroke. Different bikes, but that's not nearly as big a difference. The 85cc bike is essentially what it always was, and now you have to race a 254 stroke, which is a whole another step above. So I feel like a lot of guys get tripped up because that jump is so big. And if you want to take one year to try to cushion that blow a little bit, uh, I think it's an awesome move, and I'm not going to bag on anybody for it. All right. Okay. Fair I'm not going to bag on Evan Ferry either. Two for no, two. I, and I, Steve's not going to no matter what. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it whatsoever. Um, no. I mean, look at Max Bowen. He leads his first national ever like for – 10 or 15 minutes coming out of it, I, I would have to say he did just fine. Yeah, but JT, I'm even asking that question because I got a text, you know, about... Of course. Yeah, people so, are going I mean, to say that. Yeah, yeah. No, so I, I'm not scared to, to ask that. the hard questions. I just and, don't and even I don't, know. I don't think that they're necessarily wrong, but to tell me that they they were trying to avoid Romano and win titles, I'd be like, okay, like that's fine. Like, you're there to win titles. Everybody wants to win. I don't... Because I don't think that Evan was ready to go beat Romano yet. And that, that's okay, too. I think Romano should have been in the A-class. To be 100% honest with you, I think Romano should have been in the A-class right alongside Kitchen and Hymas and all those other right. guys. Because that's the level he's on. Romano is right on that same level that Hymas has been on for the last couple of years. This is all just turning Weege into a Evan Ferry. Uh, two years, we'll be in pro class. We'll be riding pro. We just discussed how fragile this whole thing is. And no matter how much talent you have, how easily you can get wrecked. If you want to take steps to try to prevent that from happening, mm -hmm. I can't criticize. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. It's been almost 25 years since Cobalt Links lowered the first motorcycle based in Boise, Idaho. They have lowering suspension links for everything from Apulia to Yamaha, used by trail riders, motocross races, and adventure tours like the first link 
everyone is still CNC in Idaho for riders of all ages, heights, and abilities. Increase your plushness, improve your cornering, gain confidence by hovering a lower center of gravity. These things work great. If you're shorter of stature, if your chick uh, can't quite touch the ground, whatever it is, uh, she'll uh, benefit from a Cobolinks or you'll benefit from a Cobolinks. Cobolinks.com, 15% off any link and free U.S. shipping by using the code PulpMX, Cobolinks.com. Built in Boise, ridden and raced everywhere. Also, thanks to the folks at Motorsport.com. Uh, dedicated team of gearheads are waiting for you to place your order for OEM and aftermarket parts. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com or pulpamexshow.com to help us out. Motorsport.com, please check them out. If you've been using another company for your online ordering, man, go to Motorsport and try them out. Check out their prices. Check out their service. Check out their free shipping on anything over 79 bucks, and you'll be stoked to use uh, Motorsport.com. All right, back to the show. Again, thank you to Fly Racing. 2022 line is out now. Thanks to Renthal, Maxis as well. All right, on with the show. Uh, Hayden Deegan won the Super Mini class. Uh, the other one he had uh, got landed on. And, of course, I tweeted this out, and I got some hate on it. But why is it why – do, why do the Deegans find themselves in controversy? But And I'm not saying there is. But what is it? Is it jealousy of everything that they do and their YouTubes and the programs and Brian and, and everything else? Is it legit stuff? Like, I, I mean, I saw a video last year, like where Hayden cut the track, right? To uh, it was He got penalized and then he said he didn't do anything. And then I saw a video of him cutting the track where I'm like, come on, man. So like that was legitimately where I was like going, that's that's bullshit, right? Uh, what, what is the what? Why can't Hayden Deegan just go through an event? With no quote unquote controversies, and I'm not even saying there is. I'm 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 curious. Like some of it's jealousy, a hundred percent. But where are we at? Uh, I, I think the answer is actually a little bit of of both. Like I always say, the hardest thing to report on or talk about is what I'm doing right now, the amateur racing, because people are asking me questions or JT questions. Like, is this guy good? Is this guy legit? And I don't want to have to be responsible for that because in the pro side, it's easy because everyone's watching. All the fans are watching all the races on Saturday night with Supercross. They all have their own opinion. So this one, it's like, I didn't see anything. I didn't watch anything. What do you think? Uh, so I do think when you put an extreme spotlight on someone, one rider only, instead of the whole field, which is what happens with Deegan, it's what the Alessis did, it just leads to this microscope that no other rider had. He might not have cut the track any more than anyone else, but he's the only rider anyone is paying attention to. Mm -hmm. it, Cameron McAdoo is not an attention magnet. It's just we're all watching every race he's in, and then if he does something crazy, everyone sees it. But if anyone else did something crazy, they would have seen that too. The Deegans are the only people anyone is even watching at all. So, of course, they get more attention. Okay. It just, you know. But I will say he probably should, knowing that, Maybe try to be a little bit more on the, I know I'm being scrutinized more than anybody. Right. I need to be a little more careful. He was, the big thing of the week was he was jacking with uh, Kristen Janik when he was passing him. He would have passed him anyway. He didn't need to do it. He stood him up in a corner. We're like, wow, that's pretty aggro. And then eight seconds later, he makes his own mistake, can't yeah. clear a jump, and gets landed on. And then it's like, what the hell was that? And it's like, well, if you didn't try jacking with the guy seven seconds earlier, it would have been look it looked like just a routine crash but now it just is like it's deegan is he dirty why does he do this on and on we go so he does a little bit of himself but i don't think all of it that's my that's my take yeah yeah uh, you know what i'm saying jt what like do you think, JT? Uh, it's uh i find it i just it's a magnet the kid's a magnet and even evan and him got into it right a little bit too yeah you know. I, I i think anytime you have 
someone who you have a famous father, you have a famous sister, you have a huge YouTube blog. They're all over everything. There's going to be drama. It's just what, what it is. I think that they, I don't want to say they're looking for it, but I don't think they're shying away from any of it because that's what they're doing. They're building a brand. They want a spotlight on them. They want headlines. They want all of that stuff. So I don't think that they, as a family, as a concept, are really out to avoid any of that stuff. I don't think a quiet weekend at the races is really what they're going for. All I right. just don't think yeah. that's who they are. Right. Like, I think they want to be out front of everything because they envision Hayden Deegan being a superstar one day, and he probably will be. He probably will, but I think they are building a brand. Yeah, we, Hayden is legit, right? Like Hayden Speed. Yes, and, yes. Uh, like he, he's going to be a really, really good pro. Yeah, and I was really sold, uh, man, probably three years ago. There was a really muddy moto. He used to battle with Daxton Bennick uh, the whole time. Uh, their buddies are the same age. Bennick has had two years now as he's made that jump to the 250F. It's not working out now. <laughs> he's kind of dropped. Um, anyway, they had a battle in a muddy moto. And, you know, Deegan's from California. They do do some riding, ironically, at Bennick's house in North Carolina. But I watched him put together a brilliant ride in a muddy third moto on an 85. And the technique and the, the, the skill that he showed in the mud made me think, this is not hype. This is a legitimate, skilled, well-taught rider. Although, now we're looking at this 0% success rate. Can they avoid those pitfalls? Because now it's almost like, oh, if you're the best guy in the minis, you're bound to have something screw up. Right. But he, uh, he will be on yeah. to the Fs now, like going forward? Yeah, and I know everyone assumes, oh, he's going to go to Star because they're with Monster and they have to go to Star. And again, what an insult again to Pro Circuit. He has to go to a team because of Monster. (laughs) This is what the fans say. And they assume it's Star. Uh, I talked to Brian about it. There is nothing sealed. His deal is up with KTM, but there are no deals signed with anyone else. He will end up on a Monster team. He just has to, right? There's no way he just goes to Red Bull. That's that's not what Brian said. Oh, okay. I think as a smart businessman, as Brian Deegan is known to be, hey, JT, wouldn't you agree with this? Take all offers. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not? I, I don't see any reason to not explore every avenue. Right. It's not like Red Bull is some fly-by-night garbage company. Have a conversation. <laughs> you think? You think? <laughs> exactly. Like, have two bidders. Um, uh, so I don't think it's over. Uh, I don't think this – there's just this assumption that he's going to star, and I don't, I don't think he might, but it's definitely not done. Shout-out to Vince Way. For winning the 65cc 10 to 11, I was going to do a sticker deal with him for this race. I totally forgot. I was going to get uh, a contingency program and everything. We had it, we had everything worked out, and I forgot. Would have been good. Yeah. So, but there was a kid on the podium with a pulp sticker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I this even was asked. just Roost graphics, though, right? They were, but he had his own yeah. sponsors, and then he this kid literally read the sponsors off the fender, but did not say pulp. <laughs> so, do you think Roost just put it on there? I think it was a part of a Roost graphics kit, right? Uh, why would you put pulp on a Roost graphics kit? Aren't you affiliated with Roost? Yeah, but if you're Roost, you just put pulp MX. It's you know, it's like putting. Wow, M- is that your deal with them? That's an amazing deal. <laughs> it's just, it is an amazing deal. Like, would you just if you bought a kit from from Roost MX and it had a motocross action logo on it, like, wouldn't you be like? Well, it doesn't WTF? mean that dad doesn't like pulp MX or something, but I I, I don't know that a a nine year old. Is a you know in your listener base? Was he nine, Weech? It was something like that. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. shout out to he that didn't guy. Seem to know what pulp was. Well, he seemed very uh, confused. Well, I'm taking away my uh, I'm taking away my shout out then to that guy. Okay, uh, but uh, one more rider I have to mention here. 
And this is all going to tilt around this guy. So rider D, rider E. Francesco, yeah. would have been a B rider this year. Uh, he didn't race. He broke his femur. Right. Uh, I think he's back on the bike now. Uh, okay. If he shows up and dominates the B class, which I'm sure he and Kawasaki thought he would. I'm sure if you're Romano and star racing, you'd say, come bring it. Right. But let's say he does go and wins the B class. The entire conversation of Kawasaki's fortunes and these mini guys, it doesn't work out, changes. So we've got this holding pattern of if it works out for Ryder D, then we're back on track. We're one of these guys with a bidding war and Team Green and Kawasaki, they're good. But the, him getting hurt in his 250F year, this is a scary uh, fork in the road here. Um, can you confirm that Vince Way, uh, Nick Way, uh, Nick Way's uh, kid, can you confirm that Nick Way was upset at Vince Way pumping his fist with the, after you got a whole shot? Uh, he, he crashed a lot, and uh, Nick said he had some stern conversations with him. And uh, the lessons were not, were not uh, working because he kept crashing. Okay. So then he had to bring in – Nick confirmed that he had to bring in one Ryan Villapoto to really tell him straight. <laughs> okay. And it sounded like Villapoto used language that uh, a kid his age should not hear. <laughs> oh, I'm, sh- I'm shocked. That's shocking. Uh, I'm like, I don't even know if he knows what those words mean. How yeah. is it going to, like, help him? Right. <laughs> uh, RV was there. Chad was there. Tedesco was there. Timmy, Deegan. God, Renard probably was rocking around. Yeah, it's probably, like, full – Full 90s moto over there. Steve, you're totally blowing it, dude. I don't know why you don't go. If you had been there Monday and Tuesday, yeah, I get there Monday, and I hear about this epic night of Tedesco, Weimer, RV, Tickle, just getting obliterated level, like out of hand hammered. And I think it continued several days in a row. Yeah. And I'm just like, and then eventually Chad showed up, because I think he's scouting, because Chad's planning, I I think, his kids are going to be motocross racers now. Uh, it's a strange world we live in where I think Chad was the least hammered out of the group. Um, but I'm like, Steve Mathis, what's not to love about hanging out with that group? It's literally RV, Jake and Coke and their minions. Yeah, I know. I gotta, I gotta make it out there. I got, I gotta do it. Um, it sounds like a good time, at least for a couple of days. I mean, Daniel Blair showed up. I, I think Steve, you gotta do it. Go in, fly in, spend a day, a day and a half, and then fly out the afternoon of the second day. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a pretty good stopover. You get a night there, get to hang out with everybody, and then you get the hell out of there. Right. Um, the longer you're there, you're just like, man, it's hot. I don't have anywhere to really, like, call myself a home here. Um, but I think a full day, and then you go in the morning and then bail. That's that's a pretty good. I've done that a few times. And it's not too bad. Uh, Weege, Mattia Jorgensen Jr., two fifty B Limited. Is this an upset? Who is this kid? Do we do we have any comment on him? We just unmute. We, we just unmute. Weege sound? Yep. We just unmute. Well, maybe he's not. He's yelling at us, JT. No. Nope. Yeah, I was. Oh. Sorry. Oh. There uh, we go. <laughs> trying to keep the background noise down. Uh, yeah, I literally had never heard of him. Okay. But then that led to some controversy because apparently he was in the 450B class, got protested. Oh, is this Kay Clayson's? This is Kay Clayson's guy that he was tweeting about? Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, Kate is upset because they, he was allowed to ride the regional and the area, only to be disqualified once he got to Loretta's. Well, it's a weird thing in amateur racing. It's like the riders police themselves. Like if someone's cheating, protest it. That's how it works. Uh, okay. So either no one noticed or saw until he got there. And then I heard people saying like, "That's ridiculous. Why is there a rule that says you're too young for the class? Aren't you just mm-hmm. putting yourself at a disadvantage by being young?" But that rule is in there. 
because when 450s are coming around and everyone was deathly afraid of them, I think the manufacturers were like, dude, we have to come up with an age. We never really considered like, oh, yeah, what's the youngest someone should race a 252 stroke? No one ever really thought about that. Oh, okay. All right. So they put in like a minimum. I think it's 15. Like yeah. you cannot race 450 and he is not 15 or whatever the rule is. Right. So it's supposed to be there for safety. From Matthias Jorgensen, apparently he can race 450 no problem, but they don't want uh, every other kid doing it. So he, sorry about your luck. Is he American? I, I cannot tell. Okay. He sounded like he had a slight bit of an accent. Okay. All right. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, anything else from the beer tent, Weech, that happened that could be exciting that you could talk about? I mean, it was really good times. Uh, it's not nearly as out of hand uh, as it used to be. Um the mid-2000s, I feel like there was more money in the industry, and every single pro rider and Supercross star was there. Uh, it was way more epic. Um, still pretty good. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Um, All right. Like I said, I mentioned some of the characters that were that were around. It's really good times. But no, I, I don't feel like uh, anyone left like adding members to their family or anything. Right, right. Uh, Fly Racing, of course, the 2022 line continues to push the boundaries of innovation and style. The all-new Formula CP helmet still has that Rion technology at an eye-popping price. The improvements extend to the Evo and Kinetic lines of gear after they changed the the light gear last year. So, uh, yeah, check out flyracing.com at motorsport.com or your local dealer. Thank you to Renthal Maxis and, of course, uh, Koba Links and uh, Motorsport as well. Um, Arma. Pulpamex 20 is the code to save with Arma, folks. Uh, get some blitz, get some fire, and I'm sure it was very, very popular down there at the ranch. And, of course, the Onyx maps, Weege, as well. Yep, Weege, you're still Mute again. muted again. Yeah, that mute again. Yeah. It's tricky. No, it is, absolutely. Well, I didn't know you were coming at me that quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> trying to keep the background. But you were now. trying to talk anyway. That's the problem. <laughs> 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 okay, um, so no, no, that's literally me being like, where on this thing is the mute button? Uh, on X yeah. Maps. Yeah, they've got uh, five hundred thousand miles of trails, and they got it all mapped out. All right, fantastic. Is that a good? Um, is that a good read? Yeah, that's good. Hey, did you get a chance to uh, see how angry Parabinos was at his results this week? He seemed like he took it in, in style. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad. Yeah, because he's, yeah, he's intense. Yeah. Paul's intense, and you I, know. I didn't expect it. Right. Yes. JT, are you surprised he took it in style? Um, yeah, sure, why not? Okay. Okay. His very first moto was literally the very first moto of the whole event. Yep. And he had the bad gate pick. I just see him on the very, very outside. Uh, I will. Just getting buried. I will always stand up and say, I cannot believe they do close pins at this race. Davey, JT, and I were having a discussion couple months ago or a month ago about this and Davey is, you know, holding strong that everything is equal and you can pull out close pins and I'm just like, Again, you spend so much money to be there. There has to be some. If Davey said you don't want to take the practice times because everybody's going to go out on a track they don't know and maybe get hurt, and that makes total sense. But could you at least, you know, take the winners from the regionals, get the first four picks, and then you go second? Like the clothespins to me at, at a race this important, just like the ping pong balls on a Saturday for the qualifying races at MXDN, just make me shake my head. And I will forever disagree with Davey on this. I don't understand. The clothespins. Like, I just, it's, I thought the start was also, uh, look, I haven't been there since 98. I think they've changed the start because I remember the start being much more fair in 98. No? I mean, it's still a right-hand turn. Yeah, but th- I, felt like it, a bit. I felt like it, it swept. A bit. I felt like it swept a little bit more and you could you could get a start from a bad gate pick. I don't know. 
Um, it definitely has changed. I don't know. It, the, the start's definitely changed. I okay. don't know if it's left there. I, uh, I feel like it's always been horrible for the outside, okay. even with the changes they have made. But maybe it was I, better. I don't before. get the clothespins, man. I don't. I mean, hey, listen. I hate it. it, it it's I hate wor- it so much. <laughs> it's it's worked for this long. I get it. I understand what I, Davey's you, saying. That, but Well, works is a – I think that's a subjective statement. <laughs> I don't believe it's great. So is it has it got the job done? Sure. But do I think it's good? No. Right. Mm. I never even thought about that idea of using the regionals. That's not a bad idea. Just go and so like the the worst you get if you win a regional will be the, the six gate pick, however regionals there are. Yeah, eight. eight well, I don't know however many regionals there are, but right. Yeah, I just don't think I don't think that you should have all this work. You go to area qualifier, you go to regional qualifier. I mean, guys like Tim Ferry are driving around the country, like they're going to Washougal for qualifiers for for Beckett, and then you do all this work, you spend all this money, you put in all this effort. And then your entire week can come down to a a clothespin. Like I, I just don't think that's. I yeah. don't think. Yeah. Do we have to go that route? I, I agree. We have we have technology. We have ways around that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. But and I am with Davey saying, okay, so don't take it from practice. I get that. There's one day of practice, and let it be a little bit more chill. I understand that. But yeah, take can it you from, can you get points accumulated from your qualifiers, like your area? Yeah, yeah, something, regional, something, some sort of formula. Right. Yeah, no, you go, you spend too much money. It's too important to be a, a, a clothespin. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. so, is that what high, the high miss is in that seventh? Yeah, partially. Okay, yeah, there Dude, we go. You I'll see tell it. you, first motos my, all the time. My, uh, I was on an eighty-five and 94, 1994, and I was a top ten guy, like pretty good. No, I wasn't going to win, that's for sure. I definitely wasn't beating Carmichael or Shea Bentley or those guys. But I drew 41 or 42, got it. I was on the very outside, and a crash pileup happened right in front of me because I was so far out there, broke my arm first turn. Would have never happened if I was on the inside. It wasn't anything I could control. But, yeah, I, I mean, I broke my arm. Like, I get it. Things happen. But I should have never been that far outside. It should have never happened. Uh, Weege, any sightings of local pros in practice driving that were driving by Loretta's and they jump in practice? No, no, only one man. Okay, only- had this ridiculous, <laughs> right. and, and people following him back to his pit too. Yeah, it was only one time ever. <laughs> okay, so do we have the Rhino conversation now, or do we have it later? Uh, I don't think there's much else to cover. Let, let's get to it. It's so, amazing. So he shows up on an '86 CR250 and gets third in a moto, and I guess. I didn't know this, but there's plenty of text uh, to me about this. He he just he, you're not allowed to bring your bike on the podium. We're not allowed, but you, generally speaking, only the first place guy gets the bring champion him. does. The, the champion, champion brings the bike up there, right? But that's it, generally yeah. speaking. Okay, but Rhino decided that it wasn't enough. He was the champion. I don't know what was going on. I was just being <laughs> I was just being like I couldn't hold it back. <laughs> like this tsunami of emotion and, and people with long hair are just coming at me, and eventually I just jumped <laughs> off. Uh, Chad Watts being there uh, as his mechanic also tops everything off too as well. That was awesome. I haven't seen Chad for a while. Um, so what what'd you take of the Rhino tsunami, Weege? Uh Yeah, so first of all, the uh, age classes, uh, I just want to, so everybody knows out there, they take all the plus classes and half and half. Half of them, if you're an ex-pro that scored points, you are not allowed to compete. And half of them, you can. So Because I know... This conversation immediately immediately leads to people saying, like, this is ridiculous. 
why do they let guys like Emig and, and Rhino and Mike Brown race? Well, they only let them race in half the classes. It leads to 49-year-old Mike Brown having to race the 25-plus class. So there are random workaday dudes like Brock Peterson, who won the 30-plus class, and he got the Vet of the Year award. It's half and half. So I just want to get that out of the way. But in the 45-plus class, the cast of characters that we had, I mean, it is <laughs> comedy night, open night at the improv. Uh-huh. Rhino on the 86, Mike Brown, Emig on a 152 stroke, Barry yeah. Karsten, Kevin Walker, and the voice of reason. I feel like the most solid dude of all this. You got Keith, jo- Keith Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Johnson. Yeah. And you know what I love about all the Southwick guys? Uh-huh. They're in it all together. Like wherever you see Keith oh, Johnson, yeah. Treadwell's there. Oh, Treadwell's there. Marshall. Treadwell's there, yeah. Oh, Treadwell's there. Yeah. Yep. And Robbie Marshall. Yep. You see Robbie Marshall, you see them. Chris Canning, who's like their local, <laughs> yep. you know, yep. the new fastest guy. Yeah. He was there. He wasn't even racing. He was just there. He was just there. They're just there for each other. Right. It's like Goodwill hunting. Like they they run in packs. They do. They do. Uh, So, look, I I got plenty of texts, and and I'm 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 being dead serious. People thought Rhino was running from Mike Brown. They, you know, he 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 posted about how he was going Loretta's. He posted about how he got his tickets. He got his hole shots. He won he he won races. Uh, he announced at Mammoth he wasn't going to Loretta's anymore, and, and people were like, okay, and then and then next thing he shows up on an 86, and you can see he, listen, I, I don't mind Rhino, I just, I roll my eyes at a lot of things he says, uh, but I'm, I'm, I do think a lot of this was, I don't want to get beat by Mike Brown. I really do. Uh, I agree. I, I, I think so too. I mean, because Fro, Fro's on a 150, but Fro's been on a 150 for two years. I don't know if Fro's ridden anything else than a 150. He just likes it, he prefers it, you know, so I get, understand that. If, if Rhino had ridden an 86 the entire time, I understand that. But there were so many industry people, and JT, you were on some of these texts as well, that yeah. people were just like, come on, dude, come on. So Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't pretend to understand Rhino. Uh, I have a pretty strong stance that uh, not every cylinder is firing in that camp. So, uh, yeah, I just... It's par for the course for me. Him showing up for some reason on a 1986 CR250 is right. It's just right on schedule. <laughs> it's right on cue. But yep. now we each fans were going berserk. It ended up being a brilliant move because here's the other thing about yeah, MA Grace is a 150 all the time. But I think if if I think if Rhino had gotten beat by Fro, if they're both on 450s. I think even Rhino's like, hey, man, I raced Fro one million times. He had the better career than me. I got beat by Fro. But don't you think that Rhino still remembers this one crazy 2003-125 national, and he's still hard. I, I think him and Brownie, they shake hands. They're cool now. But I still think he is like, I should have won that title that year. I can't get beat. I can never let GL, who was in it that year, or Brownie ever get the better of me. I cannot let that happen. I'm still believing that I was the best rider that year. So I think Brownie specifically creates different <laughs> emotions for him than if he had to race Emig or McGrath or somebody like that. Right. Yeah. God. Uh, but what is also hilarious is, look, I, we all know the Mike Brown that people think is Mike Brown. Like, the most rock-solid, gnarly dude ever. But whatever extra pressure or like his rhino literally said he's like i don't want to take racing this serious 
I don't want the butterflies in the stomach sick to my stomach. I have to beat Mike Brown. So I'm just taking the pressure off by racing this bike. He literally said that. But as nervous as Rhino would have been in the line on a Honda 450, Brown would have been the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll be interesting to see if Honda continues to support Rhino. They give him a 450, you know, I think they would. They they are the ones who pulled the plug in the two strokes the first time, and you know by all accounts, they're, they're, you know they're not coming back anytime soon. And I would be if I'm if I'm D- Ryan Dudak at Honda, I'm like WTF, bro. I gave you a 450 to try to win at Loretta's, and you showed up on an 86. That that that, yeah. that, that would be my stance if I'm Honda. Like we don't support that bike, we don't sell two strokes. You know, I get you want to take the pressure off you. Okay, fine, cool, but not at that race. You know what I mean? So. Um, but yeah, we. So you got. <laughs> I had so many texts about your your podium interview. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Rhino got third, which I mean, props to him, dude. It was an amazing ride. Yeah. Uh, on an '86 bike, but no third place bike or came up on stage except that one. It is the world we live in now, though. On the podium, when Rhino would come up, we also interviewed him when he got fourth place in the first moto, which we never interviewed fourth. But I don't know. It's just Rhino's just there all of a sudden. I'm like, I don't know how this. He's here. Uh. But the crowd loved it. They loved the podium. Their pump the bike went up there. And yeah. that was the greatest thing. Right. The crowd at the event. Then you look like online and all the comments are like, he's ducking people. Why is he doing this? So it's really funny the world we live in, right? People either thought it was the coolest thing ever or the worst thing ever, which is very typical. Right. <laughs> yeah, welcome to 2021. Right. Now, was Fro beating KJ, but he fell in the last moto? Like Not the last moto. Oh, okay. So, so Keith would have beat Fro because Fro won the first moto beat Keith Johnson and Fro was leading the second moto and crashed on the last lap so he probably oh. would have won the title okay maybe I'm thinking of that so Fro probably would have won had he not fallen KJ was right behind him and Fro lost the front in a rut and then uh, KJ ended up beating him but that w- it was a pretty good battle like I don't know if KJ would have made a move but that's last lap, but that's impressive huh JT for Fro on a 150 well if you watch the first moto I mean Fro seemed like he was going to kill these guys in the plus 50. I mean, he was, he seemed like it was like no big deal, no uh-huh. problem. And then KJ, I don't know if KJ just got better or the track was different or what, but Keith got significantly more competitive as the week went on. I felt like anyway. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cause they did one-on-one in the final moto. Keith just handled them. Okay. Um, if, and they hadn't crashed a moto two, it would have, wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. But You have to talk to Barry Weege. Yeah, so all these dudes in there, it's just hilarious, right? So Barry and Kevin Walker will spend most of the week every year at Loretta's battling side-by-side. They did it all year last year, Mm -hmm. all year this year. And uh, so I see Barry, and I'm like, uh, plus the first moto, everybody's waiting to see what Rhino can do. And in the last lap, he has Walker and Karsten right in front of him, and he's on the 86. And damn it all, Rhino, he's behind him the whole moto and can't get by, and then he passes them both on the last lap. (laughs) And and Walker, by the way, is the all-time title holder at Loretta's so then I see Barry and I'm like oh man you were trying to hold off Rhino the whole time and trying to get around Walker and he's like yeah Walker will just turn it right into you just wide open and I'm like oh he really rides like that huh and Barry's like yeah but that's only the first moto he's got something coming and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> 50 plus class 50 plus class right everybody everybody uh so Mike Brown wins the plus 45 pretty easily um and yeah uh, you think and we were talking about this on our group text. Like, he got kind of handled in plus 25. Now, look, oh, he's, he's, four, he's I mean, 49. That's a completely different level. Listen, 
he's 49. I get it. But this is Tennessee. This is Mike Brown. God, uh, yeah. I, I, and we were arguing about this on text, but you're, he's 49. Dude. He's racing against guys that are getting points like a year ago in nationals. Like it's, it's just a different deal. And, and those guys didn't smoke Brown. He was really competitive with them. Was he close but to those to, guys? Yeah. 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 He's right there. He was battling with him most of the moto, but I mean, they're twenty plus years younger than him. I don't care. It's Mike Brown. Yeah, if, if it's Muddy Creek, maybe I'll be on your because, side. But I mean, he races Loretta's once a year. Um, Weech, he was pissed at his plus twenty five rides. Yeah, it was it was Heath Harrison and yep. Marshall who beat him, and that was where you were like, wait, Heath Harrison is better than Mike Brown. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm but at. It's like, also Bomber too. I mean, those guys all raced nationals like not long ago. Yeah, Heath Harrison wasn't he wasn't Mike Brown, but he wasn't terrible. No, no, he was no, a top yeah. twenty guy. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Heath Harrison was a consistent top twenty in his in his prime. Yeah, right, right, right. So, um, uh, but Brownie was not happy. Uh, bike set up and arm pump, <laughs> and like I think he's pissed that he couldn't beat those guys. Right. I was. I will say though that last plus forty five moto. If Brownie rode that way in the plus twenty five, it would have been pretty interesting. That was. To me, that was the best he rode all week. He absolutely annihilated those guys in that last month. Yeah, he had a 55-second lead, I saw, right? Yeah, it yeah. Was, I, he, and he looked. I was just kind of watching him, like his form, and he, he didn't look like he had arm pump. He looked really good on the bike. So I would have liked to see him ride that way in the plus 25 and see what he could do against those guys. So did Robbie Marshall beat Heath pretty good the last two motos and only that fourth from Robbie, like from maybe a clothespin? Or was it was – it, Flip a coin. Uh, I feel like Robbie was uh, somewhat talking about Heath um, riding him and passing him aggressively in the first moto, and uh, that's why I got fourth. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I feel like he was kind yeah. of saying without saying that yeah, he yeah. kind of got either knocked down or, right. or, or stopped. D- uh, uh, did you talk to Robbie about the fantasy problems of a few years back? No, with JT okay. at Southwick, no. Okay. No, All I didn't. Right. Okay. They want to bring that up. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. They were pretty close either way. Harrison yeah. and uh, Robbie, if they had raced 20 motos, it probably would have been 10 and 10. Right. Right. Uh, but Brown, it really shows you. I mean, look, Mike Brown is a great rider. It always was. But we all know of that entire group, like Fro is the most accomplished. Right. But Steve, this just goes back to your theory. Mike Brown never retired. He never yeah. He has not stopped. Ever. No, no, it's phenomenal. He still sneaks away from the Baker's factory to race. Right. So yeah. the difference between Fro, whatever level Fro was ahead of Brown in 1995, uh, like Brown maybe being the 20th best rider in the world and Fro being number one or two. Well, that's all gone by the fact that Fro has been retired for 20 years yeah. and Brown has not retired ever. I do feel like Fro deserves a tip of the visor for being on a 150 and doing as well as he did. Good job. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, also I think what's changed is uh, Fro is talking a lot about how, you know, the tracks are wet and, and rutted these days. And, you know, Fro felt his specialty was hard pack. And he's like, man, uh, the 150 was worse than I thought uh, because of the way, you know, just a deep start alone. And he's like, man, I'm not used to coming to the pack. He's like, I was always a good starter. And he's starting last. But you have to know you're going to get bad starts on a 150. I, I, he, I guess he thought he'd get uh, 20th place starts instead of 40. That's all I can get. Well, right. yeah, so I, I would say that's a fair assumption, but it's yeah. really – I mean, that, that start is deep. Um, yeah, so – Dude, like... I saw it. They showed me a picture of the Ripper. Yeah. 36 inches, they rip it. Jesus. <laughs> um, 
Well, Rhino sound like he was a blast. Absolutely. So. Uh, it's so Rhino, man. Like, it looked awesome. It did. It looked awesome. It sounded awesome. It was amazing. But we'll never be able to solve, like, was he ducking Brownie? What is he ducking everybody? Or is it just specifically Brown? Which I think is hilarious because this rivalry goes back 20 years. And just a random coincidence that they both race the same year. Yeah. I, I just sign me up for all of it. Was there a breakout rider that you... I mean, you know, you know, Kitchens and Romano and these dudes. Is there somebody that really opened your eyes that you'd never seen much of before? Uh, no, I was on the lookout for this year's uh, Kitchen, but yeah. I don't feel like we got it. Or uh, Shane McElrath, year. right? This year's Shane McElrath. Right, it, it yeah. happens, yeah. and it generally, again, happens in B, where you're making the jump from the minis to the big bikes, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden someone is like, wow, I didn't know that guy was that good. Uh, but I didn't see it. I mean, Romano held down the fort, but he was already considered the best going in. Like I said, if Ryder D was there, I'm sure he right. would have done well, but he's already a big name. I don't think we had anyone uh, change their opinion of them big time this year. Any FMIP sightings? Oh, tons. Yeah. Oh, Randy was all over it. He, yeah. he, got, a, he got an autograph from Phil for me, I saw. I don't know what Phil's doing signing at Loretta's, but whatever. Well, we had the event program made, and it said uh, 6 p.m. or 3 p.m. Monday, uh, get autographs at Club of X, starring Garrett Marchbanks. Phil's name not listed. <laughs> yeah, Phil's autograph line, uh, there was no one in it. Uh, so then our, our buddy Randy Richardson there, FMIP, was making fun of the fact that there was no line for Phil. Uh, it was, I'm telling you, there's great people, great people to hang out with, dude. You're really missing out. JT, when are you going to go back? To Aretas? Just to watch. To race? Not, not to race. No, you're, oh. you, you've made it clear that you will never go back to race. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I I think about it every year, but we have a pretty extensive team there already. So, uh, I don't, I don't foresee it anytime in my future, but every year it's kind of, you know, on it. Okay. Here it is. It would take one of my friends like Truman, you know, Parabinos race this year. So I considered it, but it would take someone like that close to me going back to race that I would have to go back for like Chad Reed or somebody like that, where I, I just have to be there to see it. Yeah, I wonder if Chad will race. Did, did he, did he, he talked about it. Did on, he? he talked about it uh, on the interviews that he did. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, I guess that's the guy that's never raced Loretta's, right? Roxon's raced yeah, it. Um, you know, a lot of guys race it. I guess Muscan never raced it, huh, Weege? Muscan's never no, raced which it. I'm yeah. sure people are like, of course not. But a lot of the Euros, Porcel raced it. Yeah. A lot of the top European yeah. guys yeah. sneak over. Um, uh, that'd be great if Chad does it, yeah. Um, well, the, Truman did it, and I heard he was just in a beer tent, like, all night. Before his motos, no, no? really, okay. I was there. Okay. I was there. Um, he was he was pretty mellow. I think the biggest thing for Dan is he works a lot, and that race you can't fake it. You know, it's twenty yeah. minutes and yep. it's a hundred degrees, especially that year. It was brutally right. hot, so I think that's just a lot to ask for for people that work full time. And we, you got some audio from Kitchen, uh, wishing me well. So that's that's good. We're gonna have a great relationship going into pro. Yeah, I don't know if I'm able to play it here. How this would work? I would love to be able to play it on the show, but I don't think you'd hear it. Uh, let me just try this. Tell me if you hear anything. Are you hearing this? No. Ah, too bad. Okay. All right. Well, anyways. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. Uh, the quote is, "Yeah, Steve Mathis, lick my balls. You hate all amateurs, but I'm not an amateur anymore." Well, so he's. He's getting in a fight with a gentleman who buys ink by the barrel. I, I love it. I don't suggest I, I that. I love it. I don't suggest that. Kitchens. In the words of David Pingree. Yeah. Um, yep. 
All right. I love it. Lick his ball, Steve. I love it. Uh, all right. Sounds good. Well, that's uh, that's the Loretta's wrap-up. Anything else, JT? If you're looking for a little extra entertainment before they expire, you might want to watch Rhino's stories uh, at the airport on his way back. Oh. It's just, oh, it's just gold. On his way to Hawaii, I think. Oh, his chicken, did he have his chickens with him? <laughs> there, there, he had a chicken with him. Uh, not the video. It's just as part of the podium group that oh, okay. just took over. Uh, <laughs> lots of people with long hair. Just, just <laughs> poor Weege. Just ambushed. Just well, ambushed. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, uh, JT and Weege Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, presented by the folks at Motorsport.com, Maxis, Cobalinks, Links, and uh, Rental as well. Uh, thanks, boys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosile Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.